Hello. Podcasting from New Jersey along the Delaware River. This is Strictly Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Strickland. Our special guest today is America's fan, Harry J. We'll be analyzing <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys and the Jacksonville Jaguars 2020 draft class. Good evening, Harry. How are you? Good. How you doing, man? Uh, My not favorite weekend of the year. Uh, I tell you. It's, it's, it's round eight for us. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> no problem, man. No problem. I'm stoked. So get, getting right into the things, I you know, the, the draft was all virtual. I think it went off without a hitch. Um, it was great, you know, seeing some of the, the prospects that probably wouldn't have been in Las Vegas, um, you know, get some camera time with their families, girlfriends, what have you. Uh, I think it went off, without, like I said, again, without a hitch. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL doesn't incorporate that in future drafts to come. What are your, what are your takes on the draft? Yeah, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And I think that uh, they'll definitely do some kind of hybrid, I believe, where uh, I liked seeing the coaches in their own houses, their kids in the background, right? It reminded me of, you know, uh, me and my friends playing fantasy football, but they're doing the NFL draft. Uh, just something about it that was pretty cool. Well, I tell you one thing, Jerry jo- Jerry Jones's yacht is very nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Kingsbury, he had a nice little pad there out in Arizona. Yeah, that was no joke. Yeah, you know, people were talking about, oh, look at his setup. He had like one or two monitors and he was chilling with probably three thousand dollar pair of shoes and no socks. Just kicked back. <laughs> I mean, it, it was nice, you know. It, it was it was different. And uh, you know, a lot of people thought it was gonna be kinda Murkish, but I, I think it was fine. I, you know, the thing that I hope they really do is maybe for the the not so big schools, you know, the, the the kids that are off the radar. That I think that's where they should put the cameras in those houses or with those families, because you know you're going to have your twenty five to forty selectees or draftees in, right, in Las Vegas, room. right yep. wherever they're at. So they're going to get all the publicity, and it's nice seeing those you know, underrated kids get picked up and their families and girlfriends. And it was very family oriented event, I must say. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I definitely enjoyed it. And, uh, uh, even the, the one impossible thing happened. Roger Goodell was actually likable through the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I did like the booze, you know, because listen to every draft he gets <laughs> booed and you say what, say what you want about Roger Goodell. I mean, he does right. He does what's best for the league, and I get it. He has a job to do, you know. But it was nice seeing him in his house, and he got tired after the first round, you yeah. know, set, set back in the chair a little bit. I'll tell yep. you, one, one underrated um, sidekick to the whole draft is Bill Belichick's dog. Yeah. I, I, you know, he made some, some interesting <laughs> picks. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I got a friend of mine who's a big Patriot fan and, uh, you know, a, a football nut like we are. And he's like, you know, he knows that he stinks at picking. And I said, it's funny that he's such a good coach that he could pick me and you and win the Super Bowl next year. It's irrelevant who he picks. It's, you know? it's, it's amazing. It's amazing <laughs> the system that he's maintained for so many years. Yep. You know, and, we're, and we're going to find out. We're going to find out if Brady was – really his right-hand man, or if it's just – it's Bill Belichick. We'll find yep. out. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. So I got you here on the cast. Glad you could join me on this Sunday evening. Get into the first-round picks. Um, I personally feel for Jacksonville 
Um, going with the cornerback out of Florida, C.J. Henderson, I think it was a solid pick. Uh, you know, you lost Ramsey, you lost Boue, and in this league, you need corners. And, yeah. you know, it, it was, the to me, the biggest need. And they filled the hole that was there. And, you know, he shot up the draft boards in the last few weeks. And I, yeah, he definitely did. And I believe in our mock draft mm-hmm. that you may have had him or said that you would like him to be a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, he was definitely one of their targets. Actually, both of your picks in the first round were two of Dallas's targets. And, and I, you know, the 20th pick, I know you were heavy on. I believe you, you had the Falcons or even the Cowboys taking him in our mock draft, which was very interesting. But the thing is, Henderson stays home. He's right there, um, you know. And uh, he, he's a sixth player taken from Florida out of Jacksonville. You got Dante Fowler, uh, Tevin Bryant, Derek Harvey, Reggie Nelson, and Fred Taylor. Um, yep. You know, so it's obviously Jacksonville always likes to stay home and pick those Florida boys, which in this case, I think it's a solid pick. And um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I thought it was a great pick. And, you know, I mean, he was by all accounts, his second corner, you know, in on the, everybody's board. So it was not shocking for him to be the second cornerback pick. Um, I mean, it's splitting hairs. If someone said he's the 15th best player, who cares if you like, you have him at nine, you have that pick. It's a great pick. You know, he's a, he's a solid guy. Corners are worth their weight in gold nowadays in this passing league. So you got a chance to get a good one. You got to jump on it. I hear you there. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Let's switch lanes and go over to big D round one, number 17 overall CC lamb out of Oklahoma. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that pick. Um, I, I thought they were going to go defense. Um, but, again, you know, Mike Carthy and Jerry Jones got this thing going on there, and it's going to be what it is. But you give Dak, your franchise quarterback, you hope in the future, um, another weapon, a pair with Mari Cooper, and you take a little pressure off of Mari Cooper. So, you know, Lamb can, you know, put pressure forget, on the de- defense. Forget Gallup. Gallup had 1,100 yards last year, too. Right. So now you have a three-headed monster, uh, you know, and it's it's insane. Yeah, honestly, my thoughts on that pick is it's drafting the correct way. So many years, and I'm gonna, I'll am i give you a list of names just to make my point. Shante Carver, Kavika Pittman, Pepe Zellner, Ebenezer Ekebon, Taco Charlton, Bobby Carpenter. What do they all have in common? Dallas needed that position, so they drafted them way too high, and none of them ever amounted to anything in the NFL. <laughs> all first-round first picks, um, yeah, except for Pepe Zellner was a second-round pick. But all Dallas first-round picks because they needed pass rushers, they needed outside linebackers, so they took a guy in the top 20 that was really a, the 50th best player. Right. Worse. And taking C.D. Lamb, I was re- really sitting there and saying, C.D. Lamb is the best pick by far. I'm going to be so excited, but they're definitely going to pass on him. So when they picked him, I was like going out of my mind. I was so happy because, honestly, he was number five on my board. Dallas said he was number six on their board, and I believe it. So when you get the fifth or sixth best player in the whole draft, at 17, when you're picking at 17, you're getting leftovers, right? There's only 10, 12 blue chippers in the, in the draft. Right. You know what I mean? So to get a blue chipper at 17 is, is gold. 
Well, and, and it's also staying true to your board too, as you yeah, said. Don't 100%. Re- don't reach for somebody, and we spoke about that in the mock draft. Stay true to your board. So if you have yep. that guy there, yeah, you may need a cornerback or a safety. But fast forward, as Dallas did in round two with the fifty-first overall pick, Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama, the corner. Now I- I'm going to tell you, <laughs> roll tide, Harry. You got a good yep. one there, buddy. But, again, it just goes back to making the smart draft picks when you're in that position, not reaching for something that you could get in the later rounds. Yep, and he was probably the name. After um, A.J. Terrell from Clemson went uh, just prior to our pick to the Falcons, Dallas had liked him a lot. Their next corner was going to be Diggs. So they, they could have taken him there at 17. The fact that they got the best receiver in the draft – and still got digs at 51 is just playing the draft perfectly. Cause it's not just about uh, sticking to your board, but it's also your scouts, your connections have researched the league and you need to have a good understanding of where you think other teams rank these players too. You know what I mean? So to me, I was sitting here saying, Oh, they, they lost digs. He's gone, but maybe they knew something. Maybe they knew he, on some boards, he was the fifth best corner or sixth best corner. You know what I mean? So they knew, there was actually a chance of getting their guy that late. That's why they didn't trade up in day two. You know what I mean? Because I, I kind of wanted them to, to make sure they got him. But they told me, they showed me that they were right and I was wrong because they stayed pat and got their guy. Well, you That's know, and, and, and I, th- I think a lot of that comes with the head coaching, um, you know, uh, from Mike McCarthy being, being in it for so long. I mean, Jason Garrett, yeah, he was that, he was the player's coach, but, I don't think he had a real feel on the draft. But the thing with Diggs, though, is the, the, the kid is, is a workaholic. He, he was at the farm system for the NFL at Alabama. And, yep. I mean, you know, every day in practice, he, you know, in his interview, he said, I work on catching the ball, getting interceptions, getting turnovers. That's something you want to hear from a cornerback because he's not going to be that guy that just comes up and tries to make that shoelace tackle. Right, he's going to play him, man. However, he's needed, but he comes from that pro-style defense coaching of Nick Saban. So you know you're getting a quality player, and his tape doesn't lie. What kind of helps his hands is that he started as a receiver, exactly, kind of moved, like his brother, right? And then made the move over to a cornerback, right? So you know, I think you know that that second round pick for the Cowboys was great. Swapping back to Jacksonville, you know, their second pick, 20th overall, Caleb Von Chasian out of LSU. I mean, yep. that, that kid, that's – Jacksonville took him. And, and this is kind of – I didn't expect him to be there at 20. I think we had him going off, what, 9 to 12 or something in our mock draft maybe? Uh, maybe a little later. But if, if I didn't take him at 17. Right. I might, I might have, I forget. So, you know, you, you get a quality player like that coming off a championship caliber team, okay? You got Unique and Guaca who doesn't want to be there. That's the replacement, right? Yeah. That, that, yep. That's the replacement. So now you fill the hole with your corner, Henderson, after you lost two of them. And then you take and fill the hole where your Pro Bowl defensive end, you take Chasian. And, and it's great. So, you know... It's a little easier because, he, he, you know, he, listen, he can play 4-3, um, you know, defensive end or the 3-4 linebacker. So the kid's versatile. 
You know, his versatility yep. is, is is out through the roof. So, um, and that's one thing about Todd Walsh is, you know, he likes to get really creative. And having Josh Allen and Chasey in now, you can do that. And you still have Miles Jack in the middle running your offense. Uh, I'm sorry, de- yeah. defense, you know, the offense, you yep. know. So, reading them. Yeah, exactly. So, you, you have that. I, I, I was very, very surprised with the first two picks. I know there was talk out there. They're going to try and package him and move up. And I'm like, please don't do a Blaine Gabbert move. Please don't do that. Because you're just going to – you guys are already in rebuild mode. Don't go through that again. So, I mean, the first two picks, I was like, Jacksonville's off the good stuff. I mean, yeah, they, no doubt. they filled the holes. So yeah, I, I like I like most of their draft, honestly. And some of the players I'm just not familiar with. They may end up being stars. You know what I mean? But the ones that I know, I like. And I like I know seven of the 12. Right. The 12, by the way, is, is a boatload of picks to have in a draft. Well, it, it, but, uh, it is. But when you get rid of the caliber players that you get rid of, I mean, you, you can get the picks for that. You know, losing Clayus Campbell is going to be huge. Even though we got, we, you know, we got players to fill those roles, but you, you don't have that that veteran presence in the locker room. You, know, yep. you just don't have that. I will say with uh, Chase on, really the only negative anybody could say, like if you're if you're checking checks on the checkbox the checklist, is that it's incomplete because you don't have a huge resume of work to look at with him. You know what I mean? There there does not film of him getting thrown around. It's just more, you know. Um, he had what he have six sacks his last year at LSU, I believe. Yeah. Um, but his his physical ability is up there with guys you would see as top ten pass rushers every season. And the thing is, so, he's still very raw too. Absolutely. So, but that's good because you don't have a guy that oh, well, this is how I've done it. This is how, how I'm going to continue to do it. You bring him in, you, yep. you coach him up right. You know he's got the vers- versatility. You know he's fast. He's a football player. I mean. I think I think uh, he even had four or five uh, scholarships before he even played it down to senior football in high school. So, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Moving, jumping back over to your Cowboys though in the third round, Navelle Gellimore from Oklahoma, the defensive tackle. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I like him. Uh, perfect guy to uh, go in a rotation with um, Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. And they see him more as a three technique. Who better to learn the position of three technique than fellow sooner Gerald McCoy, who before Aaron Donald was the poster child for three technique pass rushing defensive tackles. So I love that, uh, that combo right there. He'll fit right in perfectly. And he's big enough to play some one too. He's, he's, you know, he'll be okay against the run, but he's not a run stuffing He's not Poe, you know what I mean. But luckily, we have Poe. Well, well, the good thing <laughs> don't need right. Anything. So the good thing is you have depth now, where you're not going to have exactly. You know, you'll where we had none before. Exactly, so and is, not only that, it'll keep your, you know, it'll keep them fresh throughout the season. So if they mm-hmm. do get later in, you know, in the year, and maybe they wrap up a per, uh, postseason berth, maybe they, re- you know, let one guy sit for a game or half a game, so you get them fresh when you're into the postseason. Yeah, I would not mind that. So that that's always uh, that's always a positive. Yeah, if, if you don't have to kill McCoy and Poe during the year, and have those you know high priced, experienced, you know, at least former stars and still solid players, fresh for the uh, the playoff run, that'd be fantastic. Well, the thing is though, too, is they're role models, and you know they're going to teach the kid and show him the ropes. And the, yep. the, their defensive 
you know, they're, they're pro bowl defensive cal- caliber players. So, you know, it yep. just makes the most sense. I, I think the Cowboys are onto something. Agreed. Round two for the Jags, number 42, LaVisca Chenault Jr., wide receiver out of Colorado. I was a little, little hesitant on this pick. Um, I was like, hmm, you know, that's not a big name that I've heard of, but okay, we need, you know, weapons for Minshew. And, you know, looking over his film and just watching the interviews after the draft, you know, he he's not a very tall receiver, but he's pretty big. He's 6'1", 227. And that's not a that's not a bad size for a wide receiver. Um, yeah, honestly, you know, I, I heard a lot about him and watched quite a bit of him before the draft. And if you told me he could stay healthy, he probably would be a late first round pick. He's a talented kid. And, and I've watched some so, analysts say, you know, he's like a Larry Fitzgerald, Javar, Javaris Landry, Julio Jones hybrid player. So he's got like all three. Of, that's a good idea. Uh, all three of those guys in him. Absolutely, I'm good with that. Um, yep. But you know, he could stretch the outside. So I know the core muscle surgery um, he had after the combine, but th- they say he's good to go. So um, you know, forty time wasn't extremely fast, four five eight. But I mean, that's you don't always have to have yeah. the fast speed to play well. What well, I think they. That four five eight, I think people see him more like a four four three guy that was dealing with that that uh, oblique injury or whatever when he uh, ran that four five eight. So I think a lot of people think of him as a faster. He plays a lot faster than that, and, and that'll be good. That that'll be real good. Back to your Cowboys in round four, Reggie Robinson, the cornerback out of Tulsa. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, kind of a a raw guy with like crazy athletic ability. Um, you know, pro football focus does like the spark score based on all their measurements. And he was like third for all DBs in the draft, I believe. Um, behind, I think the top two, I think Henderson and Akua, ironically. Um, 6 1, 205, ran a 4 4, 22 reps on the bench. Could play safety as well. Um, physical. I know Mike McCarthy in his uh, the press conference said that uh, he thought he. He saw him as, honestly, one of the top few cornerbacks and didn't understand why he wasn't ranked with them. But I know Dallas had a lot of interest in him even before the draft. That was kind of a name that was the Dallas movie was floating around to keep an eye on. So they're very happy with him. And I think because they didn't address safety, having a guy that really has some flexibility to maybe play some free safety helps them too. Yeah, we'll st- we'll stay with your Cowboys on, on the, um, you know, checking them out. Round four, 146 overall. Tyler Biadaz, the center out of Wisconsin. Um, yeah, Biadaz, and his nickname is Badass. Badass. So <laughs> well, <hey. laughs> Sounds good, right? Let's see what he does on yeah. the field. I mean, he's a Wisconsin boy, so he's a corn-fed, you know, hey. they, they produce offensive linemen like crazy. So We just lost Travis Frederick, Wisconsin center. And what do you do? You plug in another Wisconsin center into the spot. Um, I don't know if he's Frederick yet. But he has the potential to be. Again, the only knock on him is inconsistency from what I, everything I've seen and, and read and watched. Is he'd have a game where you're like, oh man, this guy's the you know the best center in a draft first rounder, and in the next game he looks like a third rounder. So, um, I think getting them where they got him is great value. That's uh, and we had some guys that can play center, but now we have a little depth there. 
and the guys who were battling for center to battle for our left guard spot, which is a need too. Well, so you got Lo- Looney, Looney McGovern, and Williams, right? Exactly. Yep. So now McGovern and Williams could kind of fight out the left guard spot and maybe let Looney and Badass <laughs> fight well, out. You know, the, the inter- interesting thing about him, he was a three-year starter who won the Remington Trophy in 2019, viewed as the yep. toughest competitor. So, I mean, that's good to know because, you know, the game is one in the trenches. And when you can bring players like that in, no doubt, like the pieces to the puzzle fit. Yep, no doubt. And you can see Dallas, obviously, you know, uh, they're sticking to their build from within, which I always I love the uh, build both lines and then worry about the outside later. So they're sticking to what worked for them for the last, you know, five or ten years by building from the line out. So I like that. I agree with you. I, I would like that too. Round five, 179 overall, Bradley Ane, the defensive end out of Utah. I mean, he was an All-American. Um, you know. It's, might be my favorite pick outside of C.D. Lamb in this draft. This kid, he is, you know, you know, I say he's a poor man's Terrell Suggs, and I'll tell you why I say that. <laughs> I remember when Terrell Suggs came out of Arizona State. I think he had some ridiculous number, like 24 sacks his last year. It was a crazy number like that, right? <laughs> and uh, he comes out, and he does his pro day, and he runs like a 4-8. And everybody's like, oh, this guy's not that good. I'm like, he had 24 sacks. I don't care if he runs a 10. <laughs> He's a sacking machine. Exactly. You know? And, uh, and uh, I think that's what hurt this guy. He ran a 4-9. And it's it's funny because people watch the film, they see a guy dominating, then they see a four nine, and they go, "I guess he wasn't dominating." But you watched it with your own eyes. <laughs> and uh, he had thirty four sacks total at that school. The um, the Pac twelve each year, the offensive linemen from the whole conference pick the best defensive lineman in the conference, and they voted for him this year. So that that tells you that the whole conference knows he's the best defensive lineman there. And uh, I think he's a steal. And honestly, I really didn't have much focus on pass rusher, even though it is definitely a need in Dallas because our pass rushers are all suspended. Right. Oh, I, well, I <laughs> so, was just going to say, you got Alden Smith and Randall Gregory, but they still have yeah, yet to be exactly, reinstated. But, but we have not right. yet. So after that, <laughs> exactly. you got Armstrong, Jackson, and Jelks. So, exactly. And you lost Robert. All question marks. Right. So. Yep. I think going into the, the offseason, I don't think any Dallas fan thought we would lose Robert Quinn. But then Chicago came with a Brinks truck and took him away. And that was well, that. you know, sometimes these so, athletes, they, they go for the money. And, and it's sure. – it, it, I, I mean, right, I would too. But, you know, sometimes you got to balance it out, you know. But, you, you know, money talks. So it's, it's, a, it's a sad yep. way to look at it. But, uh, yeah, but this kid, I think he, he can contribute right away. You know, he's, just, he's a tough kid. He really, I, I like guys that when they hit the quarterback, the quarterback knows they've been hit, and, and that's this kid. He gets here with uh, bad intentions, and I appreciate that. Well, they do have Tom Brady in the NFC now, so if you can get if you can get to him, hit him. <laughs> I mean, that's the way you beat Tom Brady. Interesting thing for me is your last pick, number two thirty-one, <laughs> the quarterback out of James Madison, Ben. Danuki, uh, what's your uh, what's up with that? What do you got for me on that one? Well, this is a guy, and 
part of uh, Mike McCarthy's MO, even when he was in Green Bay. You know, if you go back and look at uh, – they drafted that UCLA quarterback. Um, it, you can look you can look down the line, and they probably drafted, say, six quarterbacks in the years he was in Green Bay besides Rodgers. He likes to develop these young quarterbacks. So uh, he even said that before the draft in a press conference. He likes, he likes to bring in a young quarterback to develop, right, just as a backup. And honestly, we don't have much at backup with Cooper Rush. So if this kid's any good, he has a chance at the backup spot in Dallas. Um, he looked from watching him. He's got a nice release. And it's funny. I know we get flashbacks as Cowboy fans. He reminds you in almost, almost profile and watching him play of a young Romo. He's got a quick, he's got the Italian name to start another Italian stallion, right? right? Even though Romo is Spanish too. <laughs> and he, he, uh, he has a quick release. You watch him play. He can run. He can run better than Romo did, though. He's he's quick, um, cocky, <laughs> and I'm like, this is like watching. And he's at a at a school. Um, where that, where the heck school is he from? Oh, James Madison. Right, right. So you know, a school you don't really think of as uh, football powerhouses. Although our last James Madison guy was pretty good, Charles Haley. Wow, they, they don't make many Charles but, uh, Charles Haley's. No, no, exactly. Um, but he um, he also he before he went to James Madison, he played for Pitt. And Mike McCarthy's from Pitt, and if I'm not mistaken, his brother might be some kind of assistant coach or something. He had some connections with this guy. He knew him personally, mm. so he's been watching this kid play since like high school. So maybe he thinks he has a little bit of something just to maybe compete for the backup spot. And really, with the seventh round pick, that's all you're looking for. You're trying to get a head start on free agency. The story was Cleveland and Chicago were already calling him saying we're going to sign you as a free agent as soon as the draft's over. And apparently that got word back to Jerry Jones, and they said, yeah, no no thanks. Just use a pick on him and get him. So they must have liked him enough to at least And, and it's not like you're really losing much. It's a seventh round. Yeah. You know, and like you exactly. said, float it out there, see what he does. And you're not, you just never know. Yeah. You never know. Hey, Romo was undrafted. Sometimes you and some of the – there's a lot of good players that went undrafted. <clears throat> yep. Switching back to the Jags, I mean, that wraps up the Cowboys draft, which I, I will just say, just real quick before we, we get on to the Jags, though, all in all, could not be happier with Dallas' draft. And uh, if I look at the board, Dane Brugger is one of the guys I follow, draft expert guy, right? And I have a lot of respect for him and his rankings. I kind of start my rankings with his, and then I just start watching guys, and then I move them around as much as I can, right. you know what I mean, to, to fit more what I like. But just based on like his numbers, almost every pick we took was substantially lower than where he had him ranked. So they're great value. Like he had C.D. Lamb at nine, we got him at seventeen. He had Diggs at thirty-three, we got him at fifty-one. Gallimore at seventy, we got him at eighty-one or eighty-two. Um, the biggest value was um, Anai, who he had at eighty-nine. We got him at one seventy-nine. Yeah, that's a big difference. So I'm like we. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just from pure value, couldn't be any higher. Well, a lot of things, though, too, is you, you never know what other teams' boards look like. Even though J- John Gruden sure. did put his board on ESPN, so you you, you were able right? to see that. Yeah, there was a talk about because the way they had the camera, <laughs> his back was to the camera and the board was just <laughs> off to the left of him. I mean, it's not like you could really see it, but listen, we all know Chucky. Hey, Dallas, Dallas did that a few years ago, too. <laughs> so, But I, I think so. overall the Cowboys had a pretty good draft. I think you're going to be happy with Lamb. Um, yeah. That's definitely going to open up your right. offense. And, you know, D- Dak can 
extend the pl- uh, plays on his feet. And then you also have Zeke too. So, you know, you, you have a lot of options. And listen, the defenses can't cover every option, as, as we know. So, exactly. you know, and you got Mike McCarthy. I mean, let's face it, he's working. That's the biggest upgrade. We have a legitimate NFL coach. We haven't had that. And, and, and he's worked with two pretty good quarterbacks. Yeah. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So I'll say even three. He was in San Fran, I think, for a blink with uh, Joe Montana as an assistant. Oh, back well, in the day. there you go. Let's talk about Joe Montana. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're going to be happy with that. You know, you got your depth. And, you know, what? You, you can never go wrong with depth. That's one of the biggest things. Keep your guys fresh. And you never know, you know, knock on wood, but you never know what injuries are going to happen either. So it's always better to have, you know, those guys in line yeah. instead of, oh, man, well, we just lost our defensive tackle or we just lost a receiver. Now what are we going to do? We got to go out on the street. Agreed. And, and nowadays, really, your third receiver is a starter. Right, eighty percent of your plays are gonna have three receivers in them. At least Dallas as well. Right, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I, I think you'll be happy with that. I can I can tell three. you the first three picks from Jacksonville. I was you know after I looked at you know Chenault, I, I was like okay good. Well, in round three we took Devon Hamilton, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. So Jacksonville's team last year was horrible, the worst team in the NFL against the run. I mean, it, it was horrible. And they still had solid players on that defense. I don't know why right. they couldn't do anything. But, you know, he's 6'4", 320 pounds. All right, you're going to pair him next to the 330-pound Al Woods. That's a lot of beef in the middle. Yep. So you have Allen coming off the end and Chason probably coming off the end. I mean, you, you should be able to make something happen. You should. And, and I hope they do. Yep. So that's kind of flashbacks to your old line with uh, John Henderson and Henderson, Marcus Stroud. Who was Marcus the other dude? Stroud. Stroud. I can never yeah. remember his name. Yeah, they were two. But, you, you know, minutes, I always say bravest guy in the world. The guy who used to slap Henderson. Oh, oh yeah. The, the strength and conditioning <laughs> coach. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember watching that. It's like, if that dude said, slap me, I'm going out there. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is they addressed two of their biggest weaknesses in the first two days of the draft. And I mean, yeah. you, you know, you, you can't go wrong there. Now, let's see what, you know, how obviously with the offseason programs, probably not going to start on time. But hopefully these players stay in shape and, um, you know, come in with a chip on their shoulder to be up to par and get acquainted with, you know, the NFL. Because, listen, the NFL is totally different from college football across the board. You can say, yeah, you know, they're going to transition. Yeah, but it's a little different. A little, it's a lot faster, too. So, um, yeah, you know, too, you see kids like um, they are kids. I mean, they're young men, but they're not fully developed. You know what I mean? And that's why maybe guys that were stars in college sometimes fizzle out. And sometimes guys that were mediocre players in college aren't done growing. You know what I mean? So a guy that's an undrafted guy ends up being a superstar two years from now. We never heard of him because they literally aren't even done growing. Exactly. Sometimes. You know, they, a lot of guys come in as juniors. So, you know, they don't even really do. You know, I, I personally, obviously, 
you know, what your coaches say, hey, listen, you know, if you go out your junior year, you have a better chance of being drafted higher. But if you come back for your senior year, brownie points, maybe win a championship and all that other thing. But, you know, it, it's a business, and I, and I understand that. Um, but, you know, well, uh, I just have to see how it plays out. Moving on to round four, 116 overall, Ben Barche, the offensive line out of St. John's. I tell you what's interesting about this guy. He started out as a 250-pound tight end. And after his sophomore yeah. season, uh, he put on uh, about 60 pounds. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he earned, he earned an invitation to the Senior Bowl. And he had a pretty good Senior Bowl. I mean, he held his own weight, which is always a good thing to do. So um, I think he's going to play both guard and tackle. And, uh, again, it's just depth along the offensive line. Yeah, I, I like those uh, tight end uh, converts because they're generally more athletic a lot of times than guys that are playing uh, tackle or guard their whole life. They don't always, they're not always as stout, but if they can learn to be, that's pretty impressive. Like uh, Lane Johnson at Philly is a guy that reminds me of that. He, he went to school as a uh, tight end and moved into tackle and having a pretty good career, unfortunately, as an eagle. Yeah, you don't, you don't ever like to hear that. Correct. Moving on to round four, 137, the Scott, cornerback out of Michigan State. I was a little worried about this pick because I'm like, man, you know, he's a real small guy. He's 5'9", 185, but he's fast. A 4.42 yeah. at the combine. Um, so, you know, yep. I think he's more of a, a, a slot corner guy. Um, yep. You know, but they, they have some guys that are, you know, coming on the end of their contract. So I think he's a potential replacement player. But I also think he may be able to get some work on special teams, and and, and no why doubt. right we'll and to. why not have a little more depth on defense? So even if he doesn't play a lot, again, you you have that depth. You can, you know, shuffle your guys in and out, which is always it's again, we have talked about this with Dallas. It's always good to have fresh defensive linemen, secondary, just across the board. The more depth, the better your team could be potentially. Sure. And, and you're not drafting just for this year. Like, just like with Dallas taking the two cornerbacks, like, we have a lot of corners. So we picked up a few. But uh, Jordan Lewis and uh, Cheeto are going to be free agents at the end of the year. So, you know, maybe you'll resign them, but maybe you won't. So you don't want to be stuck empty handed. So if you have a chance to replenish positions, you got to do it now. That's kind of what teams are always thinking they're not just looking at next year they got to look at the whole contract situation for everybody right exactly and if you're losing one guy and you can draft a guy that could potentially take his place why not do it because you're going to have him under a cheaper and probably better contract you know yeah exactly it's more the more rookie deals you can have on your roster the better that's right and that's why they say it's better to build a team through the draft than go out and sign in these high priced veteran players because you're going to run into cap trouble and that's exactly what happened to jacksonville uh, and, yeah, it's, it's Dallas's MO for decades, for two decades is you're trying to build through free agency and you're doing that because you failed in the draft. <laughs> That's the only reason. Exactly. You're, you're signing someone else's draft picks where they hit and you didn't. And now you got to pay that second contract money, which eats up. Your and, and, and then, but then it also doesn't allow you to add to your team to get the depth, you know? So it's, it's yep. kind of, you know, it kills you tremendously. Yep. Let's move on to uh, pick 140, Shaquille Quarterman, the linebacker out of Miami. I was very surprised by this pick, and I'll tell you why. One, he's a local kid. He played high school ball in Jacksonville. 
And I think he'll probably be a two-down linebacker for the Jags. Um, middle linebacker is obviously Miles Jack, but Quarterman does fit there, so obviously he could be a sub. The kid is a tackling machine, Harry, when I tell you this. 350 tackles in four years at Miami. That, that's a lot of – that's a that's serious yes. production. Yes. Um, and, you know, he even had some success as an inside rusher, and he, you know, 12 sacks. So I, I think he's one of those Puzlozny-type players, you know, where he's just one of those gritty, physical linebackers. And, yep. and I mean, Paz was – he came from Buffalo to us, and he was great. Great. You know, so – and probably another uh, special teams contributor too. Exactly. So you know, again, yeah, he's not probably not going to be that starter. He may eventually develop into that. You know, maybe they'll push him around because they have that Seahawk defense mentality with uh, Walsh there. So I'm interested to see how that works out. But th- this was a solid pick, and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. This kid is going to be fun to watch. I know some of the beat writers were talking about how they can't wait to cover him either. You know, because he's like a locker room guy. He's real, you know, he doesn't really. Exactly. And, you know, from the recent history in Jacksonville, you need good locker room people because. Yeah, that's true. You you had the Ramsey issue now in Guake and, you know, which that's still an interesting. I thought he was going to get traded. Um, There was rumor that the Raiders in Jacksonville um, were in the uh, discussions. But uh, nothing ever amounted to anything. But they, they want a first-round pick for the guy. So, you know, and he still yeah. has to sign his tender. But we'll see how that unfolds. I think he'll probably be dealt before just because he's going to be a distraction. And listening to Marone and Caldwell after, you know, their their uh, post-draft presser, they, they want quality character in the locker room. And that helps build your locker room, so I can't blame him for that. You know, the problem, though, is it's once you let a player dictate to you to trade them, you've opened up the floodgate for any player that's not happy to just say, okay, this is how I get out of here. You know what I mean? So it's 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 weird. It's like it's you want to just say just cut the cord and get them out of there. But you also you also look weak. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's And, it's and if you're going to get rid of them, you don't want to shortchange yourself either. Because, I mean, the, the kid's a pro baller, you know, and it's not like he's just a troublemaker. You know, he, something happened, and I don't know if it was TC or not, but something leads me to believe a lot of the riffraffs was because of TC with his, you know, the disciplinarian he was. Well, that's why he's not here anymore either. So, And it's not just being a disciplinarian. It's being a disciplinarian while you're the GM or whatever his role was. You're not the coach. You should have nothing to do with that. Right. You know what I mean? Let the coach yep. coach. It would have driven him nuts when he was. Oh, he wouldn't allow it. He would have went somewhere else. No, of course not. Right, but it was okay for him. So that's. I think that is a bigger problem too, which probably is why they kept Marone, which surprised yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, we I, I, the I thought they were going to clean house and bring in a whole new yeah. staff, but Shad Khan has given Marone and Caldwell the benefit of the doubt, and I mean, I like Marone, but I. I mean, he's an offensive line guy. You know, I just – I don't – you know, he was, didn't really do much in Buffalo. So, you know – They did like him, though. No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. But so, that you know, that's a good thing. But can he get the best yep. out of each player? 
Can he put a w- winning right. program on the field? That's what he needs to do. And if he doesn't, and you know that in yep. the NFL, sometimes it's one year. They don't like what you do in year one. Well, well, can you? We'll eat your six million a year, yep. or whatever it is. We don't care. We'll we'll bring it. Yep. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're in the wrong profession, Harry. <laughs> moving on yep. to round five, one fifty-seven overall. Daniel Thomas, the safety out of Auburn. Listen, I'll say it a hundred times. I'm a big fan of SEC guys because they play the best talent in college football. Um, it's, you know, they needed to upgrade, but I was surprised they didn't do this sooner. Um, you know, they have Ronnie Harrison, but let's face it, you need a good safety back there. So I, I think this guy coming in as a, a you know, a round, round five pick, I think he's going to play special teams. Um, and and I, yeah. I don't know if he'll see the field that much. So... Yeah, these are all, all depth picks for you guys right now. I think, yeah, at this point. yeah. N- normally yeah, from the fifth to the seventh round, it is. But our next pick, I'm c- very curious to see how that works out. 165 overall, Colin like. Johnson from Texas. The, yep. He's huge. He's six foot six. You know, <laughs> he, he's a big yep. he's a big target. So, um, yeah, they just got rid of Lee, so that's nice. But. Uh, He's gonna he's gonna have a hard time because you got Chark, Conley, Westbrook, Cole, and now Chenault. So, I like this kid. Yeah, I do too. He was a captain at Texas, so he's got character, which is what Marone and Caldwell want to bring in. You know, six foot six, two twenty two. That that's almost like a Megatron. Now, I'm not saying he is Megatron, but that's a. I'll tell you what, he he, I don't he's he'll never be Megatron. But I wouldn't be shocked if he's not Plexico. That's a which I'll yeah. Possess, possession yeah. guy. I like this kid. Gets the ball. You know, red red red, red zone red zone. Yeah, red zone that's it. throw it up, throw yep. that corner, and let him go get it. I mean, because there's not many corners. Yep. I mean, obviously these guys are athletic and they can jump and stuff. But you put a six foot six guy with what maybe a thirty eight inch, forty two inch vertical. I mean, that, that's a pretty high point to get the ball. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yep. You know, he was actually coming into this year, even uh, Brugler, the guy I was talking about, uh, to start the year, he was his top receiver. You know, just so many receivers just jumped up this year and kind of exploded. So, you know, this is like the this will be the all-time receiver draft, you know. Um, even though I think a lot of people think there's only a couple – franchise type receivers and I think it's really the three that went in the first round and then the other guys are kind of all good receivers not stars or else they would have been first rounders too right um even the guys that went late in the first round are kind of the solid starter guy not the uh pure number one at least yeah, by projection it's like an Anquan Bolton you know that the guy that you know you're gonna get yeah. that's gonna go over the middle catch the ball give you everything he's got but he's not gonna blow you away with Speed. Yep. No, he's a, he's a fun player. Big, strong guy. He could run a little bit, too. He's not slow. So, I like I, Round six, they took uh, Jake uh, Lutton from Oregon State, which, uh, I mean, listen, they only, they only had Dobbs behind, you know, Stash, Minshew. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'll have my jorts on this year. I can promise you that. Um, but I'm going to oh, be interested no to see how that works out because – this kid's big, big, big kid, big arm. 
Um, you know, so he was in uh, Ventura. You know, he started at Idaho before he went to Ventura California College. And then, uh, you know, three seasons with Oregon State. So 38 touchdowns and only seven interceptions in the last two years. That's pretty good numbers. But 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 you're you're, you're playing in the pack ten, so you mm-hmm. you know you, you don't really have. I mean, there's good teams out there, but you're not playing the Georgias, the Floridas, the you know the Auburns, right, right. the LSU's, where these guys are producing NFL players year after year after year. But if you got numbers, they'll take a look at you. So um, I, I think he'll come in, um, and I think he'll probably take the job from uh, Josh Dobbs. Um, so, you know, we'll see. He's kind of reminds me of a little of a, um, a, a Blake Bortles, but not a Blake Bortles, you know, just his, his style. So we'll see Blake Bortles. Yeah. That guy, um, moving right along here. Round six, number two Oh six, Tyler Davis, tight end out of Georgia tech, uh, graduate transfer from Connecticut. Uh, so obviously, you know, he stayed in school and stuff like that. Um, but the tight end, you know, room in Jacksonville is not that big. I know they just signed Tyler Efert, but uh, he's he's been hurt, so he's battled injuries. This may be a good time for uh, Davis to get some quality playing time. I know they have Josh Oliver too, who was a third round pick, but he's got hamstring and back injuries. So and uh, O'Shaughnessy's coming off a torn ACL, so you never know. How that? I mean, these guys bounce back six months now from that, but you just never know if he's ever going to be the same. Yeah, ACL is not what it used to be, right? That was career a career ending. You know, it, it was yeah. You're pretty much done now. It's kind of like okay, we'll see. We'll see you in nine months. <laughs> and you know, finishing up with the Jags in round seven, two twenty-three. Uh, Chris Claybrooks out of Memphis. Um, he came in as a receiver. And he went to cornerback. So, you know, as you said earlier, it's always good to have those corners that were wide receivers because they understand it a little bit. Um, I think he, he may be more of a special teamer. Uh, he ran a 4.3 in the 40, so he, he does have some wheel. Um, but, you know, again, I think it's, you know, it's round seven. But he doesn't make the team. It's not a big deal. It's not like you traded up in round three to get him. So it's, it's, it's not a real big loss. But given, you know, the Jacksonville draft, I would give it probably a B. Uh, they addressed some issues. Um, they got some depth. But, again, they're in a rebuild stage. So you're probably looking two, yeah. maybe three years before, you know, they're, they're even in contention. Yeah, you can turn our team around pretty quickly nowadays. Even two years is rebuild nowadays. It used to be three or four. I mean, with the draft and free agency, you could replace, you know, what, probably eight starters in a season. No, you could. To. But the, the thing that worries me about Jacksonville is is if they – say they go 5-11 and 11 this year, right? Uh, Caldwell and Marone are probably gone, I would think. But right. then again, Shad Khan also knows they're rebuilding. So does he give them another year to see if they improve? But, I mean, they were – <laughs> they were they were what two uh, two plays away from beating New England in seventeen, you know, it's it's like yeah. you go from yep. that caliber team to right back to the four and 
12 or 5 and 11 teams. You know, and it just makes you wonder what happened. I, I think that – Yeah, it makes me think, too, that the talent – I know they lost some guys, obviously, Campbell, Ramsey, whoever else they lost. But they – there's talent there. You don't you don't accident, accidentally back into the AFC Championship. Right. Game. You know what I mean? Um, just like with Dallas being 8-8, eight eight, I don't look at them as 8-8. Eight eight. I think they kind of gave up on a coach, just like I think happened at Jacksonville a couple of years ago, whether that was Coughlin's, I, you know, was he was the reason for that or not. There's something outside of just the talent that caused it. And if maybe pulling him out of the way and getting rid of some of the, the troublemaker guys makes you guys get back on track. To yeah, and I, and I think that's why they're talking so. about bringing in the character people, you know, players with the best character, because that really that goes a long way yep. in the locker room. You know, you have to keep a locker room together throughout the whole season. You know, you start losing one guy, and then they have a riffraff with this guy. But, I mean, Ramsey was shown on, live, you know, televised game yelling at Marone. You know, like, come on. You, yeah. I, I get it. You may not like it, but you got to respect him. He's the head coach. And once they see, you know, yeah. that caliber player, oh, Ramsey's a star, he can talk to him like that. Well, so can I. And it just opens up a bag of worms. And, yep. You know, like you said, that's when I want to be traded. I don't want to be here anymore. Then, you know, this the next player says it. And then yep. before you know it, you got three or four guys that don't want to be there no more, and two of them are your studs. So, you know, and when yep. you lose all pro, pro bowl players, it really hurts. Yeah. Yep. And it definitely hurts the morale of the team or the – you're the young player who just wants to make it and your favorite player on the team is Ramsey, and you're watching him disrespect the coach, that's just – that's not good. It's very T.O.-ish. Yeah, and, and it's – and T.O. was a, was a great player. Great, great. Yep. Awful Absolutely. Teammate. So, you know, breaking down our teams, I know we're in round eight here going through uh, the undrafted uh, free agents and stuff. I know there's not too much buzz out there. But uh, how do you think the whole NFL is going to unfold here over the next couple months? Do you think maybe they're going to they're going to wow. get into uh, some uh, you know mini camps and stuff? Or you think that's going to be pushed back? Um, I have no idea. It's all it's more hoping than knowing anything. <laughs> I I hope that they can get back on the field at least in you know July. So you have some mini camps and some OTAs before you start preseason. Maybe just get rid of preseason right. games this year. You know what I mean? You got to make some adjustments. Just just scrap them. I know it sucks for you know for talent evaluation, but it's not a normal year. Yeah, you know? I mean NFL is going to make um, money regardless. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you what though. With everything going on, I really that's I needed the draft this year. You know, I always loved the draft, but this year I really needed it with everything that's going on, you know, and the question mark of there being a football season, like this was my football season the last three days. Yeah, it was nice, <laughs> you know, so, you know especially I hope, I hope on Saturday play. and Sunday, you know, it was, you know, um, I mean, Friday and Saturday, it was, you know, all day, all yeah. day. Obviously, you know, rounds four through seven, yeah. they just kind of pick them and then they go through, but. It was just so nice actually being able to watch something. And you're like, oh, man, this is nice. Yeah, I can yep. see him fitting in with this team. Or, you know, for us, 
fanatics were like, yep. oh, yeah, that's a solid pick. This is going to be real good. You know, but the numbers for the draft, the three-day event, was the most watched ever, over 55 million yep. viewers. And that's up 35% from last year's draft. Crazy. Whew. That's, that's huge a huge number. number, man. That's how much people were jonesing exactly. for any content that was exactly. football-related. So <laughs> for three days, you just thought about team building – you didn't think about what might happen during the season, you know. No, some some other notes. Only nine small school players were drafted this year. Only nine, and that that there was wow. seventeen and nineteen. So, and that's the lowest it's been wow. in ten years. Uh, I wonder if that is because the inability to do. The I, pro I days. think it is. I mean, because listen, pro days are huge, especially for this. Right, yeah, especially you know, because guys. yeah, they exactly. they can say, okay, well, this guy had 145 tackles. Okay, great, but what has he done? You know, and you know, a lot of times you'll get a prospect who's pretty good, but he goes to you know, uh, UT, our lady of the poor, and they're not having a pro day, so he'll go to the Texas pro day and work out with those yep. guys for the scouts. You know, what I mean, you'll you'll see that a lot around the country. So all those opportunities were gone. Yeah, it's uh, it was very. When I saw those numbers, I was like, "Oh man, that's rough." You know, and there's a, there's a bunch of, you know, of the you know smaller schools where that they produce good football players, and, and you know it's a no, shame. No but um, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm just glad it was here. There was something to do over the weekend, then sit around the house and wear my mask and wash my hands. Um, <laughs> you know, but I can't, wa- I can't wash my hands. Yeah, okay, so you know, um, yeah, I, I think it. I think it was a great uh, virtual draft. Uh, like I said, I, I they're probably going to incorporate some of the the cameras in you know the houses yeah. that maybe those guys that are just off the cusp of being invited because there's only so many invites you have. So you know, put it in there. Yeah. So maybe some of those smaller schools. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was great for, you know, it was a more of a, more of a family show though, you know, than just being, I mean, it was sports, but it was nice. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So I enjoyed it. Honestly, I, I don't need all the bells and whistles stuff. So it was really perfect for me, honestly. Yeah, it was simple. It <laughs> was know? nice. Um, I'm yeah, I mean, well, you figure guy. you're out in Vegas, you bring out, you know, how much money the NFL lost, but saved at the same time. Oh, I mean, God. You know, and poor yeah. Vegas, they're hurting. But I, I did hear something that they're going back yeah. in 2022. I guess that's where they plan on having the yeah. draft. Yep. So they're going to. Yep. I think it's Cleveland next year. And Cleveland, huh? That's interesting. Cleveland is a be- beautiful city. I've mm-hmm. been there. It was, yeah, it's not too never, bad. never been. So, yeah. But uh, thanks for coming on with me, talking sports, always. It's always nice to have you on the show and just sit here and do what us uh, football nerds do and sit here and love the football. So uh, thanks for listening to the Strictly Sports Podcast. I'm Steven Strickland. It's America's fan, Harry J. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on the Anchor app. It's available on Apple and Google. Or leave us a review on our Facebook page at Strictly Sports Podcast. Harry, thanks again. We're going to sign off for the night. And we'll see you guys on the replay.